0: Tonight, I want to talk about the secret of Christmas joy. Would you like to know the secret to be able to have Christmas joy this Christmas? I'd like to use a very familiar text and just put together the three parts of this text so that we can really grab a hold of the meaning of Christmas and really just experience and enter into that joy and that glow and that, that love and that wonder that is Christmas. And our text tonight is 1 Timothy 1.15. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of which I am the worst. To understand the joy of Christmas, we have to first understand that this is about God Coming into the world. This is about something that is more amazing that we can really get our our minds around. God was born in a manger in this world at a specific place and time for our salvation. Now it was amazing when a man from this planet actually left this planet and landed on another heavenly body. That was the moon. Now that was July twentieth. 1969. It was the Apollo 11 uh, space launch and they were headed to the moon. My parents made us hover around the uh, television. I was seven years old at the time. We were not allowed to leave the television. And they kept saying stuff like this. This is history in the making. You've got to watch this. One day you're going to tell your children about this. One day you're going to talk about where you were when when people landed on the moon. We just kind of want to go play, you know. It uh, seemed a little dramatic to us, but I'm going to tell you something. They were right. That was huge that a person from this world could land on another body. You know, we haven't, except for the Apollo 11 program, we haven't done it since. It was a big thing for a man to, to land there and live to tell the tale. And what did Neil Armstrong tell when he got there? Some of you who are old, uh, this is a relative term, old, uh, may remember what he said. And maybe some of you who are younger learned these words in, in school. As they were landing on the moon, the lunar module was touching down and suddenly Neil Armstrong said these immortal words. Do you remember what they were? The eagle has landed. The American ship, the Eagle, that's why it's called it. The Eagle has landed on the moon. And in the control room in Houston, where there were hundreds and hundreds of people who worked for decades, when he said the Eagle has landed, the control room went wild. Do you remember this? And then, of course we were made to keep watching, then Neil Armstrong got his space suit on, and he stepped out of the lunar module. He went down that, that ladder and he jumped. I can't quite do the, the, you know, the way you, know, you had to slow down. There's gravity here. He, he jumped and when his feet touched the moon, he said these words. Do you remember? That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. And the control room in Houston went berserk. With joy. It was incredible. But do you know what is much more amazing than a human being leaving this world and landing on the moon? Is God Almighty leaving heaven and landing in this world? God Almighty born into this world, born in a stable. Born, placed in a feeding trough. This is amazing that Christ Jesus is born into this world. In fact, um, the angels, when, when Jesus was born, they didn't say, no one said, the eagle has landed. But I'll tell you what they said. We read it earlier. They said, I bring you great new, good news of great joy that will be for all the people. He's here today in the city of David. A Savior has come. He is here. He's touched down on earth. A Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And the angel told Joseph in a dream, you may remember, he said that this baby would be born and and Mary uh, came about this this child through the action of the Holy Spirit. This is a holy child, the Messiah. And, And the angel says, you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. The angel Gabriel told Mary that the child within her would be called the Son of God, the Son of the Most High. And so when Jesus landed on earth, you know what happened in the control room, the throne room? The throne room went wild. And how do we know that? Because this, this celebration, this pandemonium, this, this joy just spilled right out of heaven into earth and shepherds were out in the fields and suddenly they saw this this joy that had come and had been sent from the very throne room of God and, and this great host of angels saying, He is born, He is here, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill to men. And what is Christmas? Christmas is the Son of God coming into this world. Yes, God was born into this world. But that's not all it is. So we get that. You got that? God came here. Glory came down. The second thing is, is why he came. Paul says he came to save sinners. Here's a trustworthy saying and deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Now, what is more amazing than just the knowledge of God being born into this world is the knowledge that he came for you. Is the knowledge that He loved you. That He would leave heaven. That He would be born into this world. That He would be mistreated by His creatures. That He would be killed, crucified, and, and raised from the dead. In tonight's text, 1 Timothy 1.15, the Son of God is called Christ Jesus. Here's a trustworthy saying, worthy of full acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And what Christ Jesus literally means is the Messiah who saves. You are to call His name Jesus, for He will save. Christ means Messiah. You know, Jesus Christ, Christ isn't His last name. It means the one who saves who is the Messiah. Jesus the Christ. Christ Jesus came into the world. Why? Because He came to save sinners. And you know what? We need to be honest tonight about who we really are. We do a lot of faking, we do a lot of, of trying to clean up and, and divert people from really seeing who we are, but if we were honest, we, we would have to say tonight that each one of us, all of us, are selfish. We are selfish people, and we, we just have ourselves at, at the center of our lives and at our core. We can't stop ourselves from being selfish. And we can have a better hour than another hour. Or maybe a better day than another day. But you realize at the core of who we are, that's just who we are. We can't stop ourselves from being selfish. Now the Bible has a word for this selfishness. We're sinners. It's just who we are. And and so Jesus comes into the world as God being born for our salvation, but what we learn is when when this whole thing about sinners is brought out is we learn, oh, I see, Jesus is the gift that I needed most because of who I am. He is the gift of salvation and a relationship with the Holy God that I could never get to because of my sinfulness. He is the gift of forgiveness that I can never earn on my own that, that God Himself has purchased for me and pardon and, and release and, and not ever having to go back and being forgiven and, and wiped clean past, present and future. Doesn't that sound great? He is the gift of love and Christmas joy for every day of the year. And to properly celebrate Christmas this year, we need to not only understand that God came into this world, we need to understand why He came into the world. It's because you and I needed God. And without God, we have no hope to reach Him. That's why God came and did it. You know, have you ever thought about it that way? Everybody's trying to find God. Everybody's trying to go to God. And, and Christianity says, no, all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. Just stop all that. I'm going to come find you. I'm coming down to you. And I'm going to do everything that is needed for you to be lifted up into my arms and into my joy. You see, that's why the meaning of Christmas is Easter. That's why the meaning of the manger is really the cross. Because this is where God came and rescued us, and by his own self-initiatory, self-sacrifice, left heaven, paid the price, so that we could know him, and we could be free. Can you say to God tonight, Christmas Eve, 2012. Can you say to him, Lord, I'm a sinner and I need you. Is that hard to say? I'm selfish. I'm a sinner and I need you. I can't know you without you. And even for those of us who know him, Lord, I'm a sinner and I need you. And I need for you to work in my life. I need for you to open up this Christmas joy, open up this grace, open up this love that I might not only dwell in it myself, but give it to other people this Christmas. Here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. But lastly, Paul adds, of whom I'm the worst. Now I know, we say, no, 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 Paul, you're not the worst. You're the Apostle Paul. You didn't mean that. You're, maybe you're just being southern or something, trying to make us feel better. No, this is what he means. He came into the world to safe sinners, of which I am the worst. In 1990, when Gina and I got married, uh, we were heading to our first Christmas, and I decided that uh, one of the things I wanted to do was to go to the store and buy some a few pretty Christmas ornaments, kind of to, you know, mark our first Christmas together. And uh, so I went to this store, and, and it was just beautiful Christmas ornaments. And then I, I got to this section, as I just kind of went down the line, I was oh, that's pretty, that's this, that's that. Um, got to this section, and a shelf in this store, where not only were the ornaments not pretty, they were ugly. It was the bargain shelf of Christmas ornaments. And, and i got to tell you, Um, When I say the ornaments were ugly, I mean they were, it was like a joke. And um, I looked at them and I thought, did they make them like this on purpose? And the answer was yes. Some of them were broken, you know, for the handyman, I guess. This was back in 1990 when China was just kind of coming online. I saw a friend coming in that goes to China a lot. Now, they make, you know, it's amazing how the quality of their their stuff has gone up over the last few decades. They've just kind of blown past everywhere, everybody, but not in 1990. You got stuff from China in 1990, good luck. Well, all of these ornaments came from China. And I'm, I'm trying to think, what, why did they do this? And I think what it was, as I stared at it, I think it was an, an initial Oriental Chinese attempt at Santa Claus by somebody that did not know at all who Santa Claus was. Kind of got the pot belly. Uh, but just painted in green w- without a face. But what he really looked like, this little man that, that, that I ended up purchasing, he looked like a little Christmas Buddha is what he looked like. And I, said, and I bought him. I bought him. And um, I did not give it as a gift. I just snuck in and hung it on the tree when Gina was not looking. Yeah. <laughs> and our little Charlie Brown kind of Christmas tree that we cut ourselves... Um, and she saw it a little while later, and she said, what is that? And where did it come from? Because <laughs> it was kind of on un- It was really this androgynous pot belly all this stuff. And, um, and I laughed, and I told her where it come from, came from. Or maybe, maybe it got to the store from the island of misfit toys. Maybe that's where it came from. You remember... Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, right? Okay, you remember the Island of Misfit Toys? This is where all these little made-in-China things that didn't work out well end up going. And uh, on the Island of Misfit Toys, it's just such a sad thing, but the, the king of the island, he lets them stay there, and he, he's, he's trying to find a, um, a place for them. And I, and I was thinking, I thought, you know, uh, these were just destined for the dumpster probably. If I Maybe I'm the only human being that was going to, to liberate this little misfit toy and... And bring this thing home. And look, this is what you get when you marry a philosophical person. It's kind of torturous. But I'll tell you something. I hung that thing. And I was looking intently at our little tree. And I realized something. That was the only thing on that tree that wasn't perfect or ideal. It's the only thing. You know, you don't put... This is before children and art, okay? (laughs) No offense. (laughs) Can I go to somebody else's house tonight? (laughs) And you know, all these years, I have not been able to bring myself to get rid of it. Now, I should have brought it tonight. I actually looked for it today, and I, I couldn't find it. It didn't make the tree this this year. (laughs) But I've not been able to to get myself to get rid of it because that ugly little green man was the only thing on that tree that really represented me. Now, I'm not referring to the pot belly necessarily. (laughs) What I'm referring to is my brokenness and the ugliness of my sin. It's uglier than that little green thing. In our text, Paul not only agrees that he is broken, that he is sinful. Paul says, I'm the worst. Now this is not, in case you're wondering, based on his knowledge of his past. For those of you who know, Paul had a past as the primary persecutor of the church in Jerusalem. No, Paul actually uses the present tense. He doesn't say, I was the worst sinner. He says, I am the worst sinner. And, And basically, Paul is keenly aware of the enormity of his need for Christ. You see, he knows more than anyone else can know his own selfishness. And if you knew the Apostle Paul, you probably wouldn't know just how selfish he was, just like if here tonight, we wouldn't know just how selfish I am or, or, or you are. And Paul, it seems, in this text, cannot imagine that somebody needs God's grace more than him. Isn't that beautiful? You see, for Paul, owning his sin and his need is not a downer. It is the very doorway To real joy. It's the Gospel. And tonight, and this Christmas, your joy, I assure you, and mine, your joy will depend on your need. And the greater your need, the greater your joy. Do you get this? It's kind of just the opposite of what you would think. Now, I would like to say something very positive about this body of believers. And I I say this around town about you. is that of more than any other church that I have known, this body of believers does somewhat well at owning our own sin. We we do somewhat well of, of, of grasping the fact that we are sinners and that we are needy. We know we're sinners here at Highlands Presbyterian Church and we do not have to be under the pressure to pretend otherwise. That in itself is very liberating. Instead, what do you do with your admission of sin and selfishness? You turn it into repentance. You turn it into faith in what Christ has already done and the price that He has paid. And God forgives and God cleanses and and God renews. And God restokes our joy. Basically, Highlands, you love people well, and and this is a place where repentant sinners can start over in grace. In fact, I have a pastor friend of mine. He has a name for this church. He calls this church, interestingly enough, the Presbyterian Island of Misfit Toys. I love it! I love it. I'm so glad that I get to pastor the Presbyterian Island of Misfit Toys. It's perfect. You people are like the little green. I mean, y'all are so ugly. No, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I am a misfit toy. I am a misfit toy. You see, that's who we are. And it's one of the reasons that there's a lot of joy in this church. So, I say to you, dear, dear, open-hearted group of misfits, let your need drive your joy. Let me just say that again. Let your need drive your joy. It is there for those who need him and put their faith in him This is a trustworthy saying and worthy of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of which I am the worst. Amen? Amen. Merry Christmas. Let's pray. Lord, would you seal the truth of these words and the actual reality of your grace to our hearts this Christmas. Would you release that Christmas joy and would you cause it to spill over onto the lives of other people and bless our families and even this community in the days to come. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.